Hi, and welcome to the debut of a new show here at Nintendo World Report. The name of the show is The Weander Years, or The Weander Years. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, actually, but I'm your host, Neil Ronahan, and uh, joining me for this debut episode are John Raritan. Greetings. And Don Koopman. Hello. So the point of The Weander Years is it's a look back at the, the 10 plus years that Nintendo carried on the Wii name. With the Switch currently on the cusp of coming out, and the Wii U essentially dead as a doornail, uh, the the Wii name looks like it's going to kind of you know go right off into the sunset. So we're going to start back from its humble origins um, as a revolution in two thousand four and two thousand five, and uh, episode by episode, we're going to cover entire years, or, or in the case of this one, we're actually covering um, two thousand six and the pre reveal stuff from the years before. Um, and we'll cover each year of the, the Wii and Wii U's lives. And then, uh, and then, yeah, that's, that's the show. So without further ado, let's talk about um, how we kind of first heard about the Wii when it was just known as the revolution. Um, we were all pretty young back then, but John, what do you remember of the hype around the revolution? I remember being very confused about what it was, what it did. Um, Once we did start to see controllers, backwards compatibility, they started talking about virtual console stuff of playing old games. I just remember thinking like, what is this thing and how does it work? Because at the time, at least for me, like the idea of like, like downloading old games hadn't really occurred to me. And obviously like once we did get to, you know, the controller and everything, that was weird. And it was, I just didn't know what to think of it. It was, it felt totally different from any other game system I had heard of. I like, I, I think for me, it got really exciting because I, the DS was actually the first Nintendo system that like I pre-ordered and got on day one. Like I got like, I got other ones like, you know, holidays or birthdays right around after they came out. Um, but the DS, like I had a pre-order, went to the mall and I got it. And it was great. And I was, I was, that was starting, uh, like I was always very into Nintendo, but I was becoming more actively current into Nintendo um, when the revolution was announced. And I was a big fan of the GameCube and I was kind of sad that the GameCube was starting to get a short shrift. And I kind of looked to the revolution as um, a lot of what people kind of looked to the NX as. Uh, where people dreamed it to be this like this this killer of of PlayStation Two and Xbox, this thing that would cement Nintendo as like the rightful heir to having the the best biggest console of all time, and then and then we found out that it was like two DVDs big or whatever. Um, that that was kind of that was one of those like weird things to me. Was like I would take like stacks of DVDs. Oh and yeah. Be like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That being that small, I mean the GameCube was small, but the Wii was in the context of like, you know, the original Xbox, which is roughly the density of the sun, like <laughs> the Wii was just barely like it legally it didn't even exist. Like it was yeah. ridiculously small. So but- I started hearing about Revolution pretty much when E3 was around. Um back in around that time I used to go to GameSpot.com a lot because they would have like the most complete coverage with video stuff that I would have seen on the internet back then. Uh, that was the Jeff Kurtzman and, uh, of course, the Ryan Davis eras. So it was the perfect era back then. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, they um, were pretty quick in uploading, like, elements of that press conference, as I remember. And uh, I got to see, like, the short reveal that Iwata did with the revolution, which in itself was sort of confusing. I remember thinking from, okay, so it's going to play old games, so it's going to have this entire library. And we've seen the console, but what is it going to be like for the rest? And I just remember being unsure what the future would bring. Yeah, it was it was a very exciting time. And it's also like it's it's weird to kind of think back then to think that Iwata was what, like a, a, a year and a half, two years into being president of Nintendo. There was still a lot of yeah. doubt like the, the DS wasn't immediately successful. Um, and they're revealing their successor to the GameCube, and people doubted it heavily. Although, I mean, I, like definitely in the Nintendo community, uh, the revolution got our minds 
our minds wandering and very excited. It's, it's, it's kind of weird how similar, um, like the hype for the revolution was to kind of the hype for the NX and, and now, now the switch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like thinking about like, it's, it's weird doing this, doing when I initially planned this show, we didn't really know what the switch was in, in totality. But now that we do the comparisons between, uh, the revolution hype cycle to becoming the Wii are very similar to the NX hype cycle to becoming the Switch. To, to be fair, in hindsight, 2005's E3 Nintendo press conference is a very quotable press conference. Yes, yes it is. Um, in many ways, I remember the line about how the PSP wasn't even launched in Europe yet, and we they were there when they thought they would, um, which was some hard talk from Nintendo, which they don't really do anymore. Mm-hmm. That would have been the second year of Reggie um, at E3. Yeah. But as we get to later in 2005, uh, September 15th, 2005 is when at a TGS keynote, uh, Satori Wada revealed the Revolution controller. And I actually have from an article um, written by Dan Bloodworth, uh, now of Easy Allies fame, formerly of Nintendo World Report. Um. He, it's a it's a little recap of a press release, but the, the the original press release is in this article, and 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 I'm gonna read it right now. Okay. Nintendo reveals revolutionary controller in keynote speech. Innovation key to broadening games audience. Tokyo, September sixteenth, two thousand five. Every gamer who plays, everyone who used to play, even those who have yet to play, Nintendo is your bet. As the cornerstone of his speech day at the Tokyo Game Show's annual event, Nintendo President Satoru Iwata elaborated on the theme of the company's aim and proven ability to broaden the population of video game players. Two shining examples highlighted in his keynote include the smash hit sales of the highly innovative Nintendogs game for the portable Nintendo DS system and the new controller that will be central to the company's upcoming console system, codenamed Revolution. Nintendo breaks with more than 20 years of video game history by abandoning the traditional controller held with two hands and introducing an all-new freehand-style unit held with one hand. The intuitive pioneering interface allows players to run, jump, spin, slide, shoot, steer, accelerate, bank, dive, kick, throw, and score in a way never experienced in the history of gaming. The feeling is so natural and real, as soon as players use the controller, their minds will spin with the possibilities of how this will change gaming as we know it today, explains Satori Wada, not in a quote written by a PR guy. This is an extremely exciting innovation, one that will thrill current players and entice new ones. Um, and then the, I'm, I'm going to, there's still a lot more. Um, and the rest of it just kind of talking about how like it can be picked up, pointed at the screen, uh, motion controls. Uh, the nunchuck attachment is mentioned for the first time, and then talking about how publishers are stoked for it. Now, but like, I, I guess, what, what do you guys think of the language that Nintendo used to introduce this controller? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it ended up to be. So. Yeah, it's it's once again like the comparisons to how the Switch was revealed. <laughs> just like so clear like it's very focused on like this is what we want to show you and there there was more to it as we would later find out much like the switch there was more to it than that uh, initial reveal but it is it's it's kind of eerie yeah it definitely is <laughs> <laughs> all right so so then uh fast forward a couple months and we're in 2006 that's the year that we're talking about right now and in april in 2006 the name was revealed. No longer was it a revolution. It was the Wii. Uh, I guess, I guess, Don, what did you think of that name when you first remembered hearing it? I remember it, uh, seeing it the first time on my local Nintendo website when they, uh, they just had a new redesign. And then a day later, they picked up the news about the Wii name. Um, and at first I, sort of laughed at the name. Then, <laughs> like, ten minutes later, I was like, I'm reading the description of why they chose the name Wii. I was like, I understand this. Yeah, as, I as an why Nintendo, they've chosen it. As Sorry. a Nintendo fan, you can really, like, drink that Kool-Aid of, like, yeah, the symbolism of the two eyes and, like, Wii together. 
I believe in this. This will be great. Well, it's it, not necessarily fun. It would be like the best thing ever, but I understand why they chose that name. Right. Yeah. You, yeah, you buy like, into I mean, the thought process. It was very simple. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like, and, and I feel like I didn't initially get the whole we would like to play concept like that until <laughs> they started doing that ad campaign. I was just kind of like, we like it. It just sounds like a dirty euphemism. Um, and that's it. <laughs> Which it was often. Yeah, it was. Maybe. It still is. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, is there, is there... that it was wild success? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is kind of weird looking back. Uh, we actually have an editorial on the site from May 2006 with the, the beautiful title written by Rick Powers. We will get over it, won't we? Um, and you can guess what those we's are spelled like. <laughs> Um, and it's just basically slamming Nintendo for how ridiculous the name is, but it is kind of all the people that critique the name. Um, they, they had, they should have gotten a pretty big, I told you so from Nintendo, um, because the Wii sold over a hundred million units and really did become a phenomenon. Yes. But yeah, I think that's like, that's, uh, that's the Wii's life before it came out. Uh, should we get to talking about games now? So at launch, we had uh, three games from Nintendo. Launch was November 19th, 2006 in North America. Uh, at launch, we had Wii Sports, Zelda Twilight Princess, and Excite Truck. Let's talk with the most important game first. That would be Excite Truck. Um, <laughs> Excite Truck was actually, that might have been the first Wii game I ever played. Wii Sports would be my first. But yeah. yeah I think I actually, Excite Truck would be my second. Um. I, I remember, well, I went to a GameStop because they had, like, demos there. You had to, like, give your license so they would hand you a Wii remote then because, the, <laughs> you know, it wasn't tethered at all and they were worried about people running off with it. Um, I played it there. I also, I was uh, I was in college at the time and it was about a half an hour bus ride from New York City. So at, in, at what was then Nintendo World Store, uh, they had Wii demos set up and I went there two or three times to go play play the demos set up there. Like I played the Zelda demo that was there. They had some Wii Sports. It was all like super, super exciting. Uh, and I, yeah, uh, I mean, as far as Excite Truck goes, I, I think that game is incredible. Uh, it's, it's, I was skeptical when I heard that the Excite Bike name was, the Excite name was coming back as someone who, for some reason, had nostalgic fondness for Excite, Excite Bike, despite the fact that whenever I go back to it now, I think it's really dumb. Um, Excite Truck, Excite Truck kind of blew me away. It's probably one of my favorite like arcade car games ever. But how about you guys? Did you like Excite Truck? <laughs> I didn't play well, Excite Truck until like way, way, way later. It definitely wasn't one of the launch games for me. <laughs> Excite Truck was was a super fun game, and I still really like it. I went back to it. I think maybe two years ago now. And I'm still impressed with how that game plays because you hold it really sideways. It was such a cool innovation at the time. And then you would just really tilt your controller and use all of these tricks. It was super fun to play. But like the high-octane action in that game was just incredible. I just really loved playing it. Yeah, and it, and it was like even if like I, if I do bring... There was two-player, but the two-player wasn't that great. Mm, uh, it was okay. But... I would have a ton of fun just sitting around with like a friend or two and just passing around the controller and like trying to get high scores and trying to unlock deeper into mm-hmm. the, the, the campaign there. And, and that was a blast because it would be like that, that kind of the discovery process of finding shortcuts. And it, it just felt good when like you would, you would get the boost the right way and shove down the controller and stuff like that. And <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like, I like that game a whole lot. I mean, bots is better in every way. Yeah. Boxes, bots is like the perfect game. Well, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, Europe never got that. Yeah. So, and well, I think I, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that in two episodes. I think it was <laughs> it was a two thousand nine. I think it was two thousand nine, something like that. Um, 
But yeah, I played Excite Truck and all of those games at an event locally like a month or so before release because we got it on the 8th of December, if I remember correctly. Um, and they had... Um, there was, there's now a defunct convention called Gameplay where there used to be in these gigantic halls with all the console manufacturers there. And they had this fantastic setup where every booth for Wii was one separate game and they had an entire booth just dedicated to those games. And I played... I was there from... 10 to 5 just playing Wii games and there's likely you won't be able to find those articles anymore but I used to right then already I just started so I um, there are some really bad written articles about my thoughts on various Wii games somewhere in an internet archive um, but yeah it's then when I first picked up Excite Truck and I realized that I needed this at launch together with Wii Sports and a few others So let's move on to another uh, launch game. How about, well, I guess, John, you pick. Do you want to talk about Twilight Princess or Wii Sports? Uh, let's talk about Twilight Princess. Because everybody, every, Wii Sports, these do sports. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Wii, Wii Sports um, changed gaming. Um, maybe temporarily, but it changed the hell out of gaming. Made uh, your grandma a gamer. But, yeah. ex- but Excite Truck had uh, an option to load custom soundtracks. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so Zelda, um, Zelda was really exciting. That 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 was something that was two plus years in the waiting. Um, and I know I I was. Much like I'm waiting for Breath of the Wild when the Switch launches, uh, the, the parallels keep on coming. Yeah, I was very excited for Twilight Princess. Now, John, what do you remember of the hype for Twilight Princess and the eventual release? So, I remember. I think it was it was in a Nintendo Power Art magazine. They had a DVD with all of it. Must have been around E3, that, or when like they first announced it for like the GameCube. They had a DVD with the first trailer for Twilight Princess come with a Nintendo Power magazine. And I watched that trailer over and over and over again. Because that was like, YouTube wasn't really a thing that you were watching game trailers on. So like, getting like a DVD with like a nice quality trailer was like, pretty awesome. Yeah. Watched that over and over again. And then finally, like, when the Wii did come out, obviously it was impossible to get. But at the time, Amazon did this weird thing where you could get a Wii, but you had to buy like, half the launch library with it in order for them to give you one. So to get Twilight Princess, I also wound up with like Madden 07 and Tony Hawk Downhill Hill Jam and Marvel Ultimate Alliance and a bunch of other games that I don't really like, but got Twilight Princess. So that's all that really mattered. Yeah, I went up. I mean, I got, I got Twilight Princess on launch day and I recall I had, I had friends. I think I went, no, I went to a midnight launch. I waited outside of Target overnight. Um, went back, played some Wii Sports with some friends, and then and the people fell asleep because that's what you should do when um, you stay up overnight to get a video game system, I guess. Um, but my friend and I, we set up TVs right next to each other and started playing Twilight Princess. Um, and that was a very special moment that that I, I remember fondly. And I just, um, yeah, I, I played that game. I forsook college classes and played Twilight Princess constantly for a week. It was, it was I, uh... bad. I played sick quite a few times to, to get through some dungeons on that game. 
I played Twilight Princess all the way through during the first week of like after we launched in Europe. Um, and I enjoyed it, but I didn't really thought it was anything too special to me. Yeah, looking back, especially on the Wii version, um, while there was a lot of hype going into it and I enjoyed it, uh, oh, yeah, I did definitely yeah. like definitely the worst version of that game and like just kind of a pretty good Zelda I, game. I just don't think I really like Twilight Princess in hindsight at all. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's 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 a good game. I will give it that, but it's not really my cup of tea. Yeah, it's right. definitely not the best 3D Zelda has to offer. I I can't find anything on my live journal about going to play the Wii before it came out. <laughs> I'm just just figure out. I'll say that. Um, I am wondering about the seventh Harry Potter book, though. But uh, I. Uh... <laughs> I did play a whole bunch of eSports, and it's one of those moments because even before we came out, I used to play a lot of games with my family. Um, and they were, this was the first time that they continued wanting to play more than I was wanted to. <laughs> um, they were like, oh, now we're going to play bowling for an hour. It's like, that's cool. I'm going to do something else. I will be, I will be back. And, um, yeah, they spend like a good six, seven hours on that Saturday after lunch playing Wii Sports. Yeah, because I don't think my parents really played it as much until it was home for uh, for Christmas break. Um, but yeah, uh, my dad and I would play bowling and golf a lot. And he got pretty good at golf. So much so that when uh, when I got the Wii U, I gave them my old Wii. And, and my dad played a lot of Wii Sports golf then. I, I played a whole bunch of bowling and golf. Yeah, those were. I think bowling and tennis were my two favorites. If tennis you had, was the best. If we had to rank the five Wii sports, okay, I think bowling is the best, right? I put tennis mm-hmm. above bowling. I, I would go. I would put goal first. Okay, I mean, yeah, I, think, I, would... I think the top three. I, I think, I think we can all agree that the top three, the order we might differ on, but bowling, mm-hmm. golf, and and uh, and tennis. Yeah, bowling, and then golf, baseball, and yeah, boxing, boxing, baseball, boxing. Baseball, baseball would be my number three. Tennis would be my number four. Okay. Yeah, and like five baseball would be boxing. Maybe baseball I was just always bad at baseball, and that's why I didn't like it. Baseball, I didn't hate. It's just that I it, like maybe it's like bowling. The thing that I liked about that in Wii Sports is that it it just was bowling. Like there wasn't any layer of abstraction. You just bowled. Whereas with baseball, um, there was a lot of abstract. Like you just pitched and, and swung the bat, which was still cool, but like it wasn't totally baseball. It was kind of like it was it was a Nintendo approximation of it. Um, and tennis, and yeah, tennis, like yeah, no, like I still enjoyed baseball. I don't think it's bad. I think boxing mm-hmm. is bad. It's it's fun. It's funny to do once, and then it's just bad. But hopefully, it, hopefully, arms will make it good. Yeah, arms is arms is the boxing we all deserved. Yes, it's, it's you know what's you know it's funny that I think that the boxing on Wii is still better on the one Wii Sports Club. I, I never, never actually played, played, played the Wii Sports Club boxing. I think I played. Wii Sports, I played... Uh, there's a, a weird charm to the one on Wii where even though it's not really accurate, it's still really fun to do and and yeah. move yourself left and to right. They make that a whole bunch of more complicated but then to really improve the mechanics a lot in the Wii U in the Wii U version. So yeah, cuz you can use two Wii remotes in that one, can't you? Yeah, and it feels actually really bad. Oh. Like really bad. <laughs> I think there's something to be said about when you're doing boxing um I I feel like boxing on Wii works better by having the cord between the controllers. Cuz I mm. think it kind of limits your movements a little bit whereas I feel like if they were both separated and like arms seems more designed around having your arms be separated. Yeah, whereas, sure. whereas Wii Sports, I think, was more designed about having them close together and, and kind of going a little more in harmony. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, it's it's funny how I think that boxing is is both the worst in the original and the Wii U remake. Yeah, no, I mean boxing boxing kind of sucks. Um, it's also it's also why they packaged boxing and the Wii U game together with baseball. Yeah. That was I never played baseball baseball and Wii Sports Club, but I guess I guess we'll talk more about Wii Sports Club in in a number of episodes. Yeah, um, sure. Because that that'll come up. 
But yeah, those those were Nintendo's three launch games. They're the three games that came out in 2006. I think in Japan, like WarioWare came out in December. Maybe yes, we played it. It came uh, December 12th. Yeah, but we won't we won't be talking about those in the early two in in the 2007 episode. Um, we're we're going by North America releases here. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's where most of us are based. Sorry, Don. <laughs> Hey, um, but hey, okay. hey, if we're doing it by European releases, we're never talking about Excitebots. So that's true. <laughs> so uh, you that... won't be able to talk for Xenoblade for another episode. So. So now let's move on to the third-party games that came out on, around launch. Uh, there weren't too many games that came out after November 19th, uh, so we're going to lump in those couple games we're talking about um, with, with just talking about all the third-party retail games that came out on the Wii in 2006. Uh, Ubisoft, I think they, they were probably the most notable supporter of Wii at launch, um, as they usually are for console releases, period. Um, no matter who it is, even maybe the games aren't good, but they'll be there. Um, for we, yep. for we, they had they had two kind of high profile Wii exclusive games in Rayman, Raving Rabbids, and Red Steel. Uh, these are two games that I bought on day one. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, uh, Red Steel kind of like I was like hoping for like a Golden Eye vibe there. Like there was sword fighting that seemed fun. Um. And then the single player kind of wasn't really that fun, and the multiplayer, the multiplayer was sucked. Yeah, the multiplayer was fun in the fact that none of us had played first-person shooters with a Wii Remote and nunchuck, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the yeah, Red Red Steel's a in, big disappointment. I and I find that multiplayer is still not very good, but it was enjoyable for yeah what it was back then. Yeah. I, I think it's amazing that you guys like the multiplayer better than the single player. I thought the multiplayer was just unplayably bad. I got I through the like, single player. I didn't. I oh, the multiplayer was terrible. I, I I think that my my fond memories of that multiplayer have to do with the the tantamount rule in games, and that everything's better with friends. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and and yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. I don't think the I don't think the multiplayer was good. It was just there. It's kind of like how. Although I have way yeah. more fond memories of of Perfect Dark Zero than I do Red Steel, but it's like at at the 360 launch, I played the shit out of Perfect Dark Zero. That is a horrible game. That's a really bad game. But I, it, it's all I got, and I could do like big bot matches and stuff. Like I had a, I had a good time with it. I finished. I the, will say, I, like I finished the single player Perfect Dark Zero. Didn't finish Red Steel. Red Steel, like, you know, as a, like, in motion, it was kind of choppy. The controls didn't really work. But, like, seeing, like, images of it, it was kind of that game that you could cling to and be like, no, Wii games look pretty good. Like, they're not <laughs> HD, but, like, yeah. it looks okay. And, you and saw then, I mean, movement. once you actually see it playing, it runs at, like, 10 frames per second. And yeah. your gun is, like, going off, but you can turn the gun sideways. All sins forgiven. Yeah. 10 out of 10. And, and the sword stuff and, and Red Steel. Like, I, I look forward to talking about Red Steel, too. Um me too. Which, oh, that game's so I like good. That. I like that game. Yeah, I like that game a lot. Um, I like the first one too, but, but I don't yeah, like let's, the let's first talk one. About, all. Let's talk about the other major Ubisoft game, Rayman Raving Rabbids, which is a game that I I played a lot and really enjoyed at launch. I don't think I ever want to play it again. But I but it was okay. a, it was before mini game collections got old. I um 
I, I alluded to this multiple times on multiple podcasts, but I went back to a whole bunch of Wii games, and one of them was Rayman Raven Rabbits. And to be honest, I still kind of like Rayman Raven Rabbits. It was fun to play around with. The minigames were more tolerable than some minigame collections that came later in the Wii life cycle. Um, and it had some sound ideas that I really enjoyed, especially some of the, like, the rhythm game was really fun, and some of the the random throwaway ones were cool. And I still think they're enjoyable, even though the controls right now are, are kind of dated. But it's overall, though, it's still one of the better minigame collections that the Wii has produced. My my nephews, every time they play my Wii, still want to play that game, which I will never wow. understand, but they just <laughs> never get tired of it, I guess. I mean, the games that came, some of the games that came after in that Raven Rabbit series were absolutely better, but I feel that the hub that they built and the way that they built up that game was way better than any game after it outside of uh, Rabbits Go Home. Yeah, Rabbits Go Home is incredible. Like that, that I love that game. But yeah, uh, Rayman, Rayman, Rayman Raving Rabbids was was a good launch game. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of it's the kind of launch game you want. Um, mm-hmm. Something fun, light. Uh, so Sega did support the Wii with Super Monkey Ball and Banana Blitz. Uh, we were talking before the show, Don. Um, yes. I don't have terribly fond memories of this game. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I ever owned it. I had a friend who owned it, and we, you know, played some of the single player, screwed around with the multiplayer. Didn't really yeah. stick too much. Uh, but you said you had fonder memories of this. I did. Yeah, I uh, enjoyed a single ca- campaign, single player campaign of that game a ton. Um, I would say that the bosses are the f- are the thing where it kind of breaks it apart because the bosses are just three hits to win and they are very obvious how you need to hit them. Um, The levels themselves, I would say that they use the mechanics of Monkey Ball to their ultimate form because they um, had a lot more physics involved than the two games on GameCube and next to that the jumping mechanic made some really interesting skips possible in levels um, which made also some grand time trials possible. Um, So I had a really good time playing Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz, and I still think it's a really good game. The minigames, I'm half on half on. Some of them are good, and some of them are the worst. And there's not a good in-between there. They're, they went back and forth all the way through, and there were like 50 of them. So, like, you need to play them to understand which are good or bad. So at, at this point in time now, I know, okay, I need to go to Monkey Target, I need to go to Monkey Race, that sort of stuff. But back then, it's just trying them out and seeing what works. And they were quite substantial minigames too. So that makes you want to figure out what, what was fun. But there was one where you had to constantly flick up the Wii Remote and jump, and it was just, wow, oh my god. Did, but did overall, you... overall, I liked playing... Banana Blitz. Um, how, how about you, uh, John? Did you ever did you ever play Banana Blitz? No, I no. I avoid buying Sega games whenever possible. <laughs> uh, so the next game that we have on the list, Tony Hawk's Downhill Jam, which I never really played, but it was kind of the start. Of it. Like uh, Tony Hawk's Downhill Jam, I think was kind of one of the games that might have been emblematic of the the casualization of the the Nintendo market and the Wii market. Yeah. Um, because it's the, you know you had expansive like open world Tony Hawk games and then downhill jam is is what it sounds like a game where you're going downhill. When like um, that game, this was one of the games I I got like with right away. Oh, and, okay. um, and like I mean you you guys obviously know, but like this was during a time where Tony Hawk games were like really good. Yeah, like mm-hmm. this was a good time for Tony Hawk games. So like I went into this game like okay, here we go. And it was terrible. It was just bad. And like used, so it did like the whole like tilting the controller thing, but not in the way that like an intelligent human would apply that to the remote. You held it like forward and which is terrible. Uh, I I think they expected you to stand on your Wii remote or something like a skateboard. I don't maybe maybe they were they were presaging the balance board. Yeah, it was it was a bad time, and like it had Tony Hawk in it and no other actual people like all the other skaters were like no that that looks like it sucks we're not gonna we don't want to be in that 
Um, fun fun fact: Tony Hawk's Downhill Jam is developed by Toys for Bob. Huh. Uh, that's funny. So, yeah, so they would later go on to make a successful Wii game in Skylanders. Um, they did. So the next game on the list is Trauma Center: Second Opinion. Um, this is a very good game. This is my introduction to the Trauma Center series. I don't think I got it at launch, but uh, like the Trauma Center games are really good. I would like to see them come back. Did either of you guys play this one? I definitely did. I uh, also played the original because this was a remake of Under the Knife, yes. which was a Nintendo DS game. Um, I would say that the Wii version is superior in every given way. Yeah, um, I mean, and and the subsequent Wii games that came out that were Trauma Center games, there was New Blood and then Trauma Team. Trauma Team is, like, I think one of the best games on the Wii. Trauma Team is one of those games, again, that never came out in Europe, so I oh, only picked it up very wow. recently. <laughs> That sucks. But yeah, that game's great. Because and here's why. All the previous Trauma Center games were published by Nintendo in Europe. Oh, and the Trauma Team wasn't. That's sad. Yeah, I don't know why that happened, but um, that's an interesting piece of trivia. Um, But they were promoting those games as their own. Like Trauma Center, they were pushing hard. Um, Yeah. And it, it showed me what the remote could bring to the table in comparison to the touchscreen of the Nintendo DS. And I found it way more innovative to move my cursor around and do the tasks at hand that way. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very good game. Uh, next on the list is uh, active, more Activision representation of Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Uh, this is a game I played all the way through on Wii and kind of wish I didn't. Um, <laughs> it's not a terribly good version <laughs> of this game. This is what I would learn um, a lot through the early Wii days is I would stubbornly, as a, as a person who, I had an Xbox 360. Um, I'd gotten, I got that at, at launch of the, of the 360, but I would always kind of side towards Wii because I liked the Wii remote a lot and I would want to see what developers would do with that. And that was um, like eight times out of 10 a mistake. Um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance was one of those mistakes. Um, I still I still played a lot of that, played a lot of co-op of that game with my roommate back in college, but it's a it's a it's a bad version of a good game. It, I, I never played the the Wii version. I only played it on Xbox three sixty. Good for the, you. The Wii version is the only one I've played. I know I should go and play the good versions, but it's it's hard when you've been hurt so deeply. No, it's hard <laughs> to like trust it's, again. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's hard, but I <laughs> skipped it all together because the good thing is during that period still games would come later out in Europe, so I would have, would have seen them. You would, have, you would know. You would know yeah. it to avoid. It's a, it's yeah. a blessing. Somehow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess I guess let's move on from Ultimate Alliance so we don't open up more Ultimate Wounds. Um, <laughs> nice. I, I played a bunch of Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 2. Um, my yes. roommate in college actually bought this game with the explicit purpose of playing on my Wii. <laughs> I, wow. don't think he, I don't know if he ever got a Wii, but he, he got that damn Dragon Ball game, and we played a lot of it. He unlocked like every character. Um, I, it's it's probably it's the Dragon Ball fighting game that I put the most time into by far. Uh, and that was just that was that was once again that was like kind of like a, a dopey way of like here's how we can do motion controls in a in a in like a more traditional game and like yeah that they probably wouldn't hold up the scrutiny now but back in 2006 um, I, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, yeah, it was a really good game back in the day, and I still think it's enjoyable, but it's severely outclassed by Budokai Free. Okay. Yeah, I, I've I've never played that one before, but maybe maybe I'll look into it at some point, or just wait for. Budokai Free, Budokai Free had a ton more characters, and they added also all the characters from the second game in it, so they had the most complete roster in that game, and it had online play and stuff, which was impressive for the early days of Wii. Cool. Um, but uh, two is still a good game, even though it was a bit more complex than I would like. Uh, so next on the list is Madden, uh, Madden 2007. Um, I assume I was the only person that played that out of the group. I, I actually, How would you have guessed? I, I got that one. Oh, that was that was one of to get the Wii. You had to have yeah. Certain, yeah so it was just tri- you were tricked. For some reason, I own Madden 07. 
Uh, I think I tried to play it one time. I had no... Uh, the <laughs> problem is I don't like football, so that didn't help. Uh, yeah. I think that the best thing... And I think that the, the Wii Madden games turned into something special. Um, you can just look at my reviews. I think starting... I think it was like... I think I reviewed like Madden 2010. Um, and I thought that was really good. Like, surprisingly so. Didn't um, Didn't it, they eventually kind of spin off in their own... Yeah, like they, they would do like goofier, do goofier graphics. Um, I actually, and and we'll, when we, I guess when we get to talking about like 2010, um, I can talk about how uh, for being the one person who's positive about Madden on <laughs> We on the Internet, uh, I got flown down to Tiburon to, to cover um, Madden 2011. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll get to there, uh, but. I have, I actually have a lot of kind of neat articles from that trip in which I like talked to the art director and like they were heavily inspired by Pixar and like there was like a there was a Coke commercial around that time that like that had like a unique art style as well um, and they did kind of go kind of goofy but 2007 um, in the in the here and now in 2006 uh, that game was more like here's a madness Madden game and we put in motion controls. And I had fun playing that in multiplayer, which once again, a lot of these Wii games, if they had multiplayer, it was usually fun because you were just kind of flailing around, figuring out what the hell these things did. Mm. Um, and I, I remember playing a lot of that with, with like friends and my brother um, around when the Wii came out. But this, like, it was a game that was rough around the edges, um, that- typical of like early sports games on new consoles. Actually, I was more of a soccer guy, and I still am. Um, but um, like FIFA went in a similar direction as Madden, where the first two years felt like they tried to copy what they were doing on other consoles, and then they did that whole all-star mode with mini games with the Mies and everything. All play. I think it was. All I think play, it was yeah. a 2009 games. So it was like you know, like Madden All Play 09. And I think uh, those are the ones I have the most fond memories of. Uh, yeah, that's Madden. And then, then now we're to uh, the third-party games that came out in December of 2006. Um, the mm-hmm. first one is is the weird Konami game Elibits, which it was which a, like was a kind of like a DS sequel. Like what the hell? That was a European launch title. <laughs> uh, okay, so we got it four days before North America. Oh, damn, but we we already had the system for several weeks. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. <Yes. laughs> Uh, but Elibits, Elibits was just like this weird first-person shooter where you're trying to find these little creatures in like your home in town. I beat this game. It's been it's a very still... long time since I played it. It's it's just it's weird. It's really cool, but it's so weird. It's still a really good game. I I played again. I played this again very recently, and I was still impressed with how good those controls felt and what you were doing in that game. It still is a really good game. Yeah, because yeah, you would you would um, you'd use the cursor. Um, probably one of the earlier, better uses of of that kind of gameplay. I mean, especially yeah. if you're saying if it still holds up. Um, but yeah, you're you're just trying to capture elements and extract their energy, um, and then like power the world. And I think like there might be some trouble with your parents. I don't know. Um, it's a yeah, economic it's a, game. It was it was a re- really. Weird ass, weird ass story, but the gameplay itself was yeah, really fun. And you could create your own stages that, too. It was that, like a physics sandbox almost. It almost seemed like it was that, the toy box. You could you could really screw up that toy box and really max yeah. it out, which was hilarious. But yeah, it was a really neat game. Uh, if you've never yeah. checked it out, I recommend trying to find a cheap copy if you're really curious. It's it's kind of I feel I feel like. Because it was, especially in North America, because it wasn't there at launch, it probably fell by the wayside a little bit. But Elibits is still a game that that I feel like. I mean, looking at this third party list, I think that's probably my favorite third party game um, from around the Wii launch. As far as like for my launch like stuff goes, I think it was all the Nintendo stuff, Raymond Rave, Rabbit's Red Steel, and then. Super Monkey Ball, and I think immediately after that, I picked up Elevates. So, how about Super Swing Golf, Don? How about Super Swing Golf? <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I'm asking. I'm asking you. I don't. I didn't was, play Super Swing Golf. <laughs> it was one of the first full-featured um, 
uh, golf games on Wii, uh, which was done by Koei Tecmo of uh, all developers. And they um, they were very smart in implementing ideas with that game because they were the first to really um, add additional benefits to the Wii Remote Control where you could um, really customize how you would aim a shot, how you would handle it, how you would line up. And then you would do like the, the swing stuff that you would know from Wii Sports. They had a whole bunch of courses in there. Um, some of them were also inspired by their games and had special characters in there too. Um, and it was also one of the first uh, Wii games to support online play. Ah, yeah, because there was so, nothing. There was nothing there day day one that supported online play. I don't think. No, this was the first official. Wii game that supported online play. Interesting. Um, so I, if I can recall from that period, I used a, I bought a LAN adapter almost immediately after solely to play a whole bunch of that game online, and it was so super fun. It was outclassed by some other golf games later in its life cycle, um, but I think for what it was at launch, it was a very complete package. I guess uh, before we move on to talking about a virtual console, uh, John, any anything to add on either of those games? No, I have I've not played either of those games. Okay. So that is totally <laughs> fine. Uh, it's not a requirement to be on the Wii Under years to have played every Wii game, although it helps. <laughs> um, just be passionate about the ones you played. But uh, so now um, we're going to virtual console, uh, which is this big new thing that Nintendo introduced. It was so exciting. Um, and now it's kind of like commonplace and we all take it for granted. <laughs> it's weird. Um, <laughs> and it's actually become largely worse too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, but like what was there on day one was impressive. Like you had, you know, like a half dozen NES games. You had Super Mario 64. You had F-Zero and SimCity on Super Nintendo. Um, they weren't all there right at launch, but you had a ton of Sega Genesis games, a ton of TurboGrafx games. Um, just such a good variety. Um, I have some of the games that came out in 2006 uh, listed out here, and I guess I'll just kind of read off at least the, the games that I, I think are notable from that early virtual console run. Sure. Um, out of the ones that came out on November 19th, uh, The Legend of Zelda on NES was out then. So was SimCity, Super Mario 64, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, those, those were there day one on your, on your Wii. Um, mm-hmm. We also had coming out later. Uh, Super Mario Brothers was out Christmas that year. Ristar on Sega Genesis, which is a phenomenal game made by Sonic Team that I I played for the first time on Wii. Um, that was after I you know got through my Twilight Princess and and was taking a break from from bowling. Um, I played Ristar uh, at the end of 2006, and I I adore that nice. game. I think it's I think it's really good. It's might be one of the best things Sonic Team has ever made. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> we also, and and even more so, in 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 December on for the Genesis Virtual Console, Doctor Robotics Mean Bee Machine, which is it's Poyo Pop, um, and I, that's one of one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, iterations of Poyo Poyo to ever come out is Mean Bee Machine. Uh, Gunstar Heroes was out then, which is a phenomenal game as well, made by Treasure. Toje Earl was out on Christmas, and then on the Turbo Graphics, some of the highlights there. In 2006, were Bomberman '93 and Bonk's Adventure. My uh, personal experience with the Virtual Console was pretty much that I was playing a whole bunch of games I've played and never played before, so it was a good combination. I feel that during those initial launch weeks, I played a lot of Super Mario 64 and a lot of sort of Sonic the Hedgehog because it was. I didn't own Sonic Hedgehog ever myself, but I played it a lot with friends, so I, I could finally say I own my very own copy of Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, but uh, yeah, that was not really a bad game, I felt, during that launch period of the Virtual Console. They were very deliberate in what they chose. Um, and I, I end up with a whole bunch of stuff at the end of the day, um, solely because I just wanted to play more. Um yeah, after Super Mario 64, though, I think what I mostly played until 2007 was likely Gunstar Heroes because I had some really good memories with that game. That was another game that that was the first time I ever played it was was on the Wii, and that's that's a 
a great game. With those, I don't like, like, with those early N64 games on there too, like you don't really think about it now, but when you compare those to like the actual like N64 games, like they were kind of HD remasters. Like, I mean, they upped yeah. the resolution for the Wii Virtual well, not, Console from not like, HD because um, right. we did not right. have HDMI cables. Okay, four ATP right. remasters. Yeah. Right, yeah, which, I mean, from going from 240 to 480 is a big freaking jump. And even, like, I mean, they also did, you know, like, cleaned up, like, draw distances and little yeah. issues. Um, and, it, I mean, they were... They weren't just, like, straight, like, here's this dumped onto your console. Like, they were nice yeah. packages. But yeah, they, the, they, I mean, they, the MLA... Yeah, go on. I felt it with I felt it with like virtual console in general, especially the the Genesis or Mega Drive for me stuff was um, really super clean, and they likely didn't come to Wii U because they couldn't replicate that at all. Because they really like the Wii was built also to support all of that and really make sure that virtual console games would run well as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, especially comparing like the N sixty four games. Uh, how they look on Wii Virtual Console to the Wii version. Uh, John, you've actually been doing videos for Nintendo World Report TV uh, comparing N64 Wii Virtual Console and Wii U Virtual Console for N64 games. It's really depressing. Yeah. like the answer, <laughs> like, like I, I, it, didn't, it didn't dawn on me until um, I think I, cr- I cracked open my N64 and put in Super Mario 64 after I'd just been playing it on Wii U a lot. And mm-hmm. I was just like, what the... This, you this realize looks, that colors exist? Good. Yeah, like, yeah. like it's so weird. Like the virtual console, especially the N sixty four games on Wii U, look like trash. They look terrible. Like do. the 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 Super Nintendo and like Game Boy, like that stuff. It's a little dark, but it's it's okay. But N sixty four on there is just it's bad, terrible. And like yeah. there, are, like there are weird like when uh, me and Nicholas were doing the Majora's Mask when we came across like weird loading issues on the Wii U. Like it's that N64 Virtual Console on Wii U is very just bad. It's terrible. I just bought like two Virtual Console games on Wii U because else, elsewhere I just would boot up Wii Mode and play them there. Yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's I, a better option. Yeah. Well, for, I mean, for for me, like Majora's Mask and Star Fox, I'll still go. I'll take the extra step and just boot up my Wii version and not play the Wii U version because yeah. it's it's just yeah, much better. Yep. But yeah, I mean, Virtual Console back in 2006, like that, it was really mind blowing. Um, I was, I was talking to, uh, I've been talking to people as of recording this. We don't know what the Switch Virtual Console landscape is going to be, but uh, looking at like what was there on day one on Wii on Virtual Console with like the you know 15, 20 games that were there at launch, a uh, wide variety of things that like you never really had the chance to play before, or or play in that way. Um, like like that that was really cool and it kind of sucks because I don't think Nintendo can really replicate that even if they tried. Like right now, the only way I think to to have the Switch Virtual Console be as exciting as the Wii Virtual Console launch is just to say like everything on the Wii U Virtual Console is going to be on the Switch on day one, which I I don't think there's a snowball chance in hell of that happening. No way. Um, and there's also and there's also the uh, thing that. Um... The virtual console on Wii was such a diverse entity. Yeah, and like you obscure yeah, stuff on there, and, and yeah, I mean, you had all the Hudson games with Turbo Graphics. Like yeah, I, I, I discovered games. games yeah. I, I discovered games on the virtual console that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Um, mainly, I mean, mainly because like I like the Turbo Graphics was this mythical thing that I'd never oh, yeah. seen in the wild. By the time I, I played the Wii, I've, I've since I've since held a Turbo Graphics in my hand at a game convention and almost bought one. Um, <laughs> TurboGrafx is awesome, yeah. Yeah, but like, I mean, there, there's there's so many good games that 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 came out that there were TurboGrafx games, and then they added TurboGrafx CD support down the line too, and and like it was it was such a good discovery tool, and it's it's just so disheartening, and I've and I've long been a person who's kind of defended Virtual Console because I still like it in practice, and this will probably be the meanest I ever get about it, but from how hopeful and cool that thing was in 2006. To where it is now, it sucks because right now all we have are it's it's Nintendo re-releasing games for the eighth time. It's it's rarely something totally unique, and and you know what? We're probably going to get Mother Three in the near future. That's going to be awesome, and that's that's worth all the hassle of just seeing Nintendo, you know, re-release games that I can play better remakes of on my 3DS. 
Like that'll be worth all the hassle just to get Mother Three um, in English if, if slash when that happens. But you know, it's just, like it's just it, it's only Nintendo now, and it's a bummer because it was cooler yeah. when it was. And honestly, and, and honestly, um, it's why I still have my Japanese and American Wii hooked up because I don't really do the European ones because of those fifty hertz. And yeah. now in hindsight, was also a really bad idea. Uh, but it's still why I have those two versions of Wii hooked up here because they are a way better way to experience old games than what Nintendo ever tried on Wii U. Ever tried. <sighs> <laughs> and also, Japan had the most arcade games of them all, and I love those arcade games. Like, they had the original-ass version of uh, Space Invaders on there. How <laughs> cool is that? That is very cool. Uh, so I think that that kind of does it for the first episode here of the Weander Years, covering the year 2006. Um, do you guys have any... Uh, John, let's start with you. Any any kind of summarizing thoughts for the first month and a half of the week? It was a very... It was like that little brief window of time in owning a Nintendo console where like the rest of like mainstream gaming culture was kind of like apprehensive, but like still okay with you. Mm-hmm. before they all decided like nope kids games you suck get out and so it was you know a great time of still feeling included and like this system might be accepted by everyone and, i mean it was but not you it was before we realized that we as nintendo gamers would be relegated into this corner and put aside and you know not you are not allowed to talk to the 360 and ps3 real gamers so uh a happier we 60, time man we 60 that's what it was all about <laughs> coming back to the subject matter I really enjoyed that first like the honeymoon period with Wii um, <laughs> a lot of good virtual console stuff there were some notable games that I played at launch throughout that December and then we slowly moved into 2007 cool <laughs> yeah I mean I I this was a really exciting time for me. It was you know, the first time I got a Nintendo home console on launch day. Um, it even kind of ties in, and I, and I guess I guess we'll get a little personal to close it out. Um, I'd actually met who would later become my wife um, in September of 2006. And waiting on I went back for, because it was a Thanksgiving weekend when I waited on line for the, the Wii. So freshman year of college, I had this girlfriend. We started We started officially dating like, three weeks before the week came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time she met the majority of my friends from home was waiting overnight <laughs> for the Wii. Um, and, and she, uh, she waited in line. She bought a console for my brother. Um, so, so that was, that was very nice of her. And, uh, and we're still together to this day. Oh, all thanks to the Wii. Yep. It's all thank, thank, thank you. Wii. and there was oh, one time, there was one time, when I was uh, I was I was drinking in college, probably in 2006, might have been 2007, where I was playing bowling, and I went back with my hand and I accidentally hit her in the face. Um, <laughs> oh! <laughs> it was one of those things where, like, I was just I, I was not cognizant of the small space of the dorm room and just reared back. And was like, oh no! They um, put a warning specifically yeah. for those situations, and yeah, you where you have to like you have to you have to clear the room, you have to go outside. Right. Take you don't want to like hit anybody or knock over a yeah. vase. Like that's specifically you're just ah, disappointed. Yeah, for me, for me, it was, mistakes were made. Yeah, <laughs> for, for me, that we we period was also really important because if my intrigue for V and DS wasn't there, I wouldn't have started doing what I'm doing now, eleven years ago. Aww. Because I started doing it in in uh, March 2006, and that's when we really started to hear about what uh, revolution would be like. Um, and I was intrigued and I wanted to keep up so I decided to move writing into about games joined the small side which is defunct now and the rest is history well that that'll do it for episode one of the We Under Years uh, next episode we will go to 2007 where we will talk about such things as uh, that dope angel minigame multiplayer minigame in WarioWare Smooth Moves um, the majesty that is Super Mario Galaxy, uh, the brilliance that is Mario Strikers Charged and Metroid Prime 3 Corruption, um, and a whole lot more. A lot of third-party games, too. Resident Evil 4, 
probably the definitive version of Resident Evil 4, in my opinion. Um, but there will yeah. be yeah. And a whole lot of virtual console. Um, so stay tuned next time. Um, the Beyond Our Years will return. Thank you for listening. You used to call me all night. You used to Call me on my cell phone Late night when you need me